0: Today on episode 230 of the Computer Tutor Podcast, Mark Twain said, It ain't what you don't know that gets you into trouble. It's what you know for sure that just ain't so. Today we're going to talk about a few computer-related things that seem to make sense and be true, but in reality they are completely false. (music) Welcome to another episode of The Computer Tutor tips, tricks, and advice from a computer pro without all the tech talk. And now, here is your computer tutor, Scott Johnson. Welcome back to the Computer Tutor Podcast. I am your personal computer tutor, Scott Johnson, and I'm here every Monday morning to show you how to do cool things on your computer. And if you're new to the show, Today's show isn't really one of the typical ones. Usually I have some kind of trick or I show you how to do something with your email or Microsoft Word or how to do something in Windows, stuff like that. Today's a little different, but I think there's still some good information here that you can definitely benefit from. I have a computer business right here in beautiful Safety Harbor, Florida, which is in the Tampa Bay area. And sometimes clients bring their computers to me, and sometimes I go to the client, either at their home or their business, but I do a lot of work remotely, so it doesn't really matter where you're located. So if you have a problem with your computer, just give me a call, 727-254-9078, or email me at pctutor at gmail.com. And today's computer tip can be seen at my website, if you go to computertutorflorida.com forward slash 230. So let's get started. Have you ever been really sure of something, and then later on, somehow you find out it's not actually true, and it kind of blew your mind? You know, this kind of makes me think back to the time I saw the movie The Sixth Sense. You know, the one with Bruce Willis and Haley Joel Osment? I see dead people. I did not see that one coming at the end. And then, of course, after you get the big reveal at the end, you have to go back and watch it again and watch for all the clues that were there throughout the whole movie. Well, in the world of computers, there are some things that are kind of like that. Not really as dramatic as in the movie, of course. You're not going to see dead people walking around on your computer screen. Unless, of course, you log into your Netflix account and watch The Walking Dead. And what a great show, by the way. Still really enjoying it. And I'm getting close to the end of Season 5. But I digress. Anyway, sometimes I hear from people who have some type of opinion or belief about something related to their computer... And it's just completely wrong. And the weird thing is, based on the logic they're using, it seems like it should be accurate, but it's not. So today I'm going to go over four of these things. I'll tell you what the commonly held belief is, and then I'll tell you what the actual facts are. And of course, I'll explain the whole thing so you can get the full picture of what's going on with each one. First up is this one. There can't be a virus in my computer. I have an antivirus program. Now, on the surface, it seems like that makes sense. Antivirus software is designed specifically to block viruses, right? So, if it's doing its job, how could a virus get into your computer? Well, there are a couple of factors here. First of all, it's impossible for any antivirus program, that's any antivirus program, to be 100% effective. I mean, think about it. There are hundreds of new viruses being created and released into the wild every single day, And your antivirus has a list of known viruses that it keeps track of. And when a new one is discovered, it gets added to that list at the next update. So let's say your antivirus program updates itself every day at 9 a.m. automatically. So tomorrow morning at 9 a.m., your antivirus is updated with all the current information. And then at 10 a.m., a brand new virus is released somewhere in the world. That means that virus could be out there in circulation for 23 hours before your computer's antivirus software even knows about it. And the antivirus that I use doesn't just update once a day. It updates itself every hour. So it does a really good job. But that doesn't mean it's foolproof. And the second factor, the other thing to consider here, is user behavior. It's like if you got the best set of tires for your car that money could buy. These are really good, really expensive tires. But if you drive through a stack of nails, you're still going to get a flat tire. So if someone is using their computer and they click on every email attachment to, the, you know, to open it up, and they do a Google search for free games or free music and they click on those links, or if they get a phone call from Microsoft, you can't see me here, but I'm doing the air quotes around Microsoft, and they let that guy in to sort of work on their computer, then they're very likely to get a virus, no matter how good their antivirus is. A strong antivirus program is not a license to click on everything in sight. The second commonly held belief I want to tell you about today is it's a good idea to move files from the computer to an external drive to save space. And once again, a couple of things come to mind here. If someone tells me that they're planning to take files off their computer and put them on a separate drive to save space on the computer... My first response would be, well, if you want to save space, why don't you just delete those files? And, of course, the standard answer would be, well, I can't delete them because these are things I want to save, like pictures or my tax return or my resume. So there's the first problem. If the files we're talking about are important and you want to save them, then you should have them backed up somewhere. But if they're only saved on your computer and you take them off your computer and put them on a separate drive you still don't have a backup because they're only saved in one place. What happens when that external drive dies? And the second thing, which is actually a more practical factor, is that you're you're probably not going to save a lot of space anyway. For most people, the stuff in the documents folder is mostly text files, PDF files, Word documents, that kind of thing, and those types of files are usually pretty small. Even if you have a lot of pictures, you probably won't free up enough space to make a difference in the long run. So if you're running out of space on your hard drive, the real solution isn't to move files around. It's really to replace the hard drive, or possibly even replace the computer. And number three in our list of things that seem to be true but really aren't, no one would ever guess my password. Well, yes they would. It's kind of funny. Sometimes people will try really hard to convince me that their password is so random that no one could ever possibly guess it. Like, they take the name of the city where their grandfather's cousin owned a restaurant, and they combine that with the first name of their third-grade teacher, so they have a password like Detroit Barbara. And on the surface, it seems like that would be kind of hard for a person to figure out. But the problem is, it's not a person that would be figuring it out. It's a computer. And the computer would figure out that one very quickly. The hackers and the bad guys, they have very powerful computers with special software that can try thousands and thousands of combinations of words and numbers every minute around the clock. The computer doesn't need to take a break, or sleep, or eat. It just keeps going. So it doesn't really matter that you chose a city that's only remotely related to you, because the computer's going to try the names of all the cities, and all the pet names, and whatever other common words people think of for a password. And in reality, a lot of people still use passwords like 1234, or monkey, or just the word password, so the hacker's computers don't even have to work that hard to figure them out. And they use the same password, or two or three passwords, for every online account. Extremely bad idea. And you need to be smarter than that. A good guideline is this. If your password is easy to remember, it's easy for someone else, or someone else's computer, to guess. And finally, the fourth commonly held belief that's wrong. I plug in my external drive, so I must have a backup. This one, when I hear this, it can be a little scary, because usually when I hear someone say this, it's very often a new client that has brought me their computer because it won't boot up or it's not working right. And the first thing I always ask is, is there anything important on this computer that's not backed up? And people think that just because they bought a portable drive and they plug it in the computer sometimes, they must have a backup of all their important files. But in a lot of cases, they don't have a backup. When I set up a backup for a client and tell them how to do it, and the system I use is mostly automated, so it's really easy, but one of the steps is to look at the window that shows exactly what's on that portable drive, so that you can see the backup is happening like it's supposed to. Or, sometimes people will use the backup software that came with the portable drive when they bought it, and I don't recommend that either. The software I use is called Macrium Reflect, and it's free for personal use, and it works great, and it's very reliable. It has saved my butt on my own computer a couple of times, and it's saved the butts of many of my clients. They should use that in their advertising. Our backup software has saved many thousands of butts over the years probably wouldn't lend itself very well to a graphic. So if you're doing a backup, and good job if you are, you need to check the actual files that are going onto the portable drive and make sure you actually do have a backup. It really would be a shame to go to the trouble of setting up a backup and doing one each day, only to find out after a computer crash that you really don't have one. And I want to say thanks once again to everyone that supports this show by shopping at Amazon through my referral link. That link is computertutorflorida.com forward slash shop. Or you can go to my website and just click the Amazon link at the top of the site there. Your prices are always exactly the same, but Amazon just sends me a little bit of money for sending you over there. I appreciate that. And you know I love to hear from you. Questions, ideas, topics for future shows, anything like that, you can email me at pctutor at gmail.com, or you can call my podcast voicemail line and leave a message anytime, day or night. That's 727-386-9468. And that'll do it for this week. As always, I'll see you back here next Monday morning with another computer tip. Well, that wraps up this episode of the Computer Tutor Podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. Thanks again for listening and have a great week. God bless.